Kakashi Harake is among my favorite characters in all of fiction. His cool, calm, somewhat sarcastic nature has always made me feel like he is the perfect mentor to train under. The way he's in complete control is just so perfectly written. Having a rocky past, having his faith in what is right shaken by his father's suicide, Kakashi closed off from the world. The once prideful boy who cherished his friends and set them so high on his priorities that he would sacrifice everything for them slowly changed. His heart darkened after his father, a man with the same ideals, chose his friends over the mission, screwed up royally, and then was reviled to the point of suicide. This caused Kakashi to place his priorities on the mission and forget about his friends. And something his rival, and I use the word rival loosely, Obito Uchiha could not stomach. After telling Kakashi exactly what he believed about those who had sacrificed their friends for the mission, a belief Obito was willing to die for. This forever changed Kakashi, as he would eventually reclaim his faith in that philosophy, carrying it within him forever along with the Sharingan his friend had gifted him. During his battle with Kaguya, Kakashi managed to awaken a duel among Gekyo Sharingan. As I watched this, I couldn't help but wonder, what if Kakashi were an Uchiha from the start? And that is what led me to this what if, the concept of Kakashi being the one with the Sharingan instead of Obito. Welcome to the Amagi. Before we begin, we publish a new video every day, so be sure to subscribe to our channel and ring the bell to get notified about our latest videos. The Amagi's reach stretches beyond just this channel, so if you're a fan of us, please consider subscribing to our other channels and follow us on all of our social media. Help us reach our goal of passing 100,000 followers on all of our accounts by the end of the year. So our story starts pretty much the same, except one of Sakamo's parents possessed Uchiha blood, which results in the possibility to awaken the Sharingan. Now, not everyone with Uchiha blood will awaken a Sharingan, and so we don't overly screw up the story, we'll say that Sakamo never had the chance to, but Kakashi does. So for a while, our story remains exactly the same. That is, until his father, Sakamo, is found dead. The grief of this loss is the catalyst that awakens Kakashi's Sharingan. From here, things begin to change. Kakashi ends up on many different teams, but none of them stick because Kakashi has forsaken his Nindo to never let his friends down. It's his single-minded stickler attitude towards the rules, which causes him to be viewed as a pain by the Jonin, who would be his team leaders. It's only when Minato, under special request from the third Hokage Hiruzen, gives Kakashi a place and a good team that he finally finds a permanent home in his shinobi career. Kakashi would then go on to join the Chunin exams at age 6, where he's officially made a Chunin. At the age of 12, he officially becomes a Jonin. Everything seems fantastic for this young prodigy's shinobi career, but as you all know, the third shinobi world war breaks out, and Kakashi, Obito, and Rin are all sucked into it. It's during this time that Kakashi creates the technique Chidori, which he originally needed to stop using due to tunnel vision, but due to him being an Uchiha here and having two fully functioning Sharingan, he doesn't need to stop using it. He would use this technique to effortlessly kill an Iwanin named Mahiru. Minato at this point continues to groom Kakashi for one day leading his own team, hoping to make him more independent. And there is no better place to entrust the leadership and the responsibility to make life or death decisions to a 12 year old than in the middle of a battlefield in the greatest war to occur since the last world war. This eventually leads to Kakashi being entrusted to lead Team Minato while Minato is away on a separate mission. And what mission is Kakashi in command of? The mission to destroy Kanabi Bridge, that's what. I can already see everyone's minds turning dark the moment I say that, but bear with me here. Kakashi would be leading the mission when they run into Kako and Taiseki, teammates of Mahiru. The two quickly capture Rin and flee with her. 
Kakashi, like always, wants to leave her behind, but Obito quickly exclaims that he plans to go save her, whether Kakashi wants to or not. He would give his famous worse-than-trash speech to the young Jonin before running off. Eventually, Kakashi's conscience gets the better of him and he decides that maybe it would be best if he also went to rescue Rin. This is enough to bring a tear to Obito's eyes, but that isn't saying much because the change of the seasons is enough to make him cry. Kakashi saves him from Taiseki. Now here's where things change for Kakashi. Kakashi, due to having his Sharingan, is able to see and better react Taiseki, which means that Kakashi never loses an eye here and even manages to kill his opponent. The two would head into the cave where Rin is being kept and find Kekko, who had put Rin under Genjutsu for an interrogation. However, Kakashi comes and drives off Kekko, dispelling the Genjutsu as well and freeing Rin. Now, Kekko is still alive and begins to cause a cave-in, but guess what? Well, nobody dies. Well, I mean, nobody on Team Minato. Uh, then again, nobody died originally, they just thought he did, but what I'm saying is that Obito doesn't get crushed by a rock. The only reason why he did before was because Kakashi was missing an eye and could not see out of it, which resulted in him getting beamed by a rock and Obito having to sacrifice himself to throw Kakashi out. But that does not need to happen here because Kakashi can still see. In fact, he sees better than before. This means all three escape the cave alive. Kakashi then deals with Kekko as he had in the original timeline, and they attempt to escape as they're being tracked by Iwanin. They would end up being surrounded, but they had a nice head start, which means that they only have to fight for so long before Minato shows up again to kick ass like the badass he is. They would easily manage to finish the Kanabi Bridge mission, where they would then return to Konoha. With their enemy's main supply line cut, the war begins to draw to a close. Now, the next mission we see Kakashi take in the main timeline is the one in which Rin was captured and turned into Isobu's Jinchuriki. However, something important is to note here. Madara has no motivation to do this. In fact, he's probably dead right now and trusting Black Zetsu to keep his dreams alive. Since all of Team Minato remains together, I doubt this mission causes any sort of issue, so Team Minato survives this too. Now we move a little deeper. As time passes, Team Minato slowly begins to dissolve. Kakashi, due to his skill and proficiency, as well as mental control, is offered a role in the Anbu. Obito, however, is not. He isn't quite as skilled and he has very little emotional control. Obito would likely go on to become a Jonin in his own right. Kakashi becomes successful as an Anbu member and later becomes the leader of a team called Ro. Now, given that Kakashi isn't depressed right now, I see no reason why Minato would want to ask Kakashi to take care of his pregnant wife. He, more than likely, if he were to ask anybody, would ask Rin to, or maybe Obito. And before I continue on, I'm going to headcanon that Rin and Obito at this time are in a deep relationship. Really need a W for my boy Obito here. Speaking of Obito, he is still climbing the ranks. His determination to keep up with Kakashi as well as to be Hokage like his mentor Minato causes his skill level and potential to skyrocket. Time then comes around when Kushina has to give birth. Since Obito is no villain right now, and because I do not think Nagato is under the right influence to attack Konoha at present, Naruto is born without any difficulty to Kushina and Minato. Kurama stays sealed and everything is easy peasy. Given that Kakashi never needs to worry about the death of his mentor, nor Hiruzen's inaptitudes, he never has a motivation to join Root, meaning he remains as he is. Danzo also never plans to assassinate Hiruzen, so Kakashi never runs into Kinoe earlier. He does still find Orochimaru who tries to escape, but is caught by Minato who either kills him or locks him up for good. Still, Orochimaru and his experiments would weigh heavily upon Minato as he knows that Orochimaru was a symptom of the inhumane experiments that the Leaf had done on people, of which Yamato was one of the few survivors. Danzo would eventually send Yamato to take Kakashi's Sharingan, but Kakashi would overpower Yamato and defeat him. 
He wouldn't kill him, but he would beat him back. Two years after all this, Itachi is added to Team Ro, of which his equally prodigious nature impressed even Kakashi. Kakashi would take this young Uchiha under his wing and teach him the importance of not only the mission, but of friends as well. It should be further stated that the Uchiha never turn rotten here. They don't seek to destroy Konoha, nor are they sought to be killed by Danzo. Minato staying alive changes a lot of things, and I severely doubt that Minato is the type of guy to let Danzo run wild. The founder of Root would likely be under a tight leash with Minato, especially if it was found that he sent a member of his own forces to steal Kakashi's eyes. So, since Obito remains on the side of Konoha and Itachi is never given the order, the Uchiha are never murdered and Sasuke gets to grow up in a loving family with his mother, father, and brother, each of whom love him very much. And Naruto? He's got a mom and dad as well. He can be a handful, but he has a heart of gold and a father who is willing to teach him and ensure he has the best instructors to draw out every ounce of that hidden potential. I really like this story. His shinobi life at this point is top notch. That is when Minato calls him up. Essentially, Minato asks Kakashi if he will train the upcoming Team 7 for him. The group consists of the Hokage's own son, Naruto, Itachi's younger brother, Sasuke, and Sakura, who's just there for filler. I jest, I jest, we all love you Sakura. Thinking he might use a change of pace, he decides he will take up this job. He's introduced to the three of them. Now, about this team. Sakura remains the same as always. However, Sasuke and Naruto have a massive shift in their characterization. Sasuke is a kind and sweet boy who possesses a happy disposition and wears a smile on his face far more often than a frown. He's still the class heartthrob, but he seems more shy and angsty when it comes to this. He has plenty of relationships with others, including the girls who pine for him, but he doesn't get romantic with anyone, as he kindly states that he just isn't ready for that kind of thing. That being said, he's a rather sensitive boy, one that isn't afraid to cry when something upsetting happens a quality that Kakashi likens to Obito a little. Now, as for Naruto, his personality for the most part appears unchanged on the outside. He's still incredibly confident in himself and his abilities, but the difference is that he now has the skills to back it up. He, while still being heavily rambunctious, also shows a serious side when it comes to important matters to Konoha, and manages to get a small cult following of female classmates, the head of which is Hinata Hyuga, who finds his energetic personality attractive. However, he is still considered annoying to most girls, and so they avoid him like the plague. Sasuke also has a slightly smaller following, though not by much, because he has jumped from dark and brooding to cute and adorable, and girls just love a guy who's sensitive. When Kakashi asks him their names, their likes, dislikes, and aspirations, Naruto's are pretty much unchanged. His name is Naruto Namikaze, how much he likes Ichiraku Ramen, his hobbies, and how he plans to succeed his father as Hokage one day. Sakura, of course, just likes Sasuke, and, well, Sasuke. His likes are everything, dislikes are nothing, he enjoys playing and horsing around with Itachi, and his goals are to become strong enough to join the Anbu like Itachi did. Kakashi is impressed with this group of students and asks that they perform the bell test. Now, of course, Kakashi can't just say no to them if they fail. This was a special favor from Lord Forth himself, he just can't say no. But he still believes that the bell test is necessary to at least see where on the charts they rank in teamwork, so he knows how to best instruct them moving forward. This declaration would be egotistical if it weren't possible. Naruto's skill levels, his natural chakra reserves as both an incarnation of Asura as well as a descendant of the Uzumaki makes him able to do many incredible things and jutsu, chief of which is his ability to use the Rasengan, which requires incredible amounts of chakra control. Sasuke also has incredible chakra reserves, being able to use fire style, fireball jutsu right out of the gate. 
However, Sasuke's easy upbringing stunts his growth compared to his alternate self. While his main timeline variant was self-taught, he still was stronger. Hatred is a great motivator. Despite having been raised within a loving family, it's also true that Fugaku tended to favor Itachi due to his great feats. The only reason why Fugaku taught Sasuke the fireball jutsu was because Itachi blackmailed his father into spending time with Sasuke. Now, that being said, he's still at least average in the academy to possibly above average, as he had a prodigious nature that allowed him to pick up on things easily and left him a high-scoring student in the academy. And all this being said, Naruto gets really close to nabbing those bells, and Sasuke, despite doing really well, does not. But one thing should be known. This team's entire personality has changed, and they are definitely open to teamwork. Sakura will follow Sasuke anywhere and do whatever he wants. Sasuke is always open to anything that his teammates want or need and will help in any way he can. And Naruto, inheriting both the nature of Minato as well as intelligence and the knowledge that it's okay to ask for help, would quickly devise a plan for all of them to work together. The fear of being failed by Kakashi and kicked from the team is worrisome, but to a point, Naruto knows Kakashi isn't going to be able to kick the Hokage's son from the team, and even if he does, Naruto will just get a better mentor, so he volunteers to be the one to go without a bell. All of this impresses Kakashi, who can already tell that his team is shaping up to be a new legendary Sanin level team. He passes them all, and they begin to work. While Sakura is content being anywhere Sasuke is, and Sasuke is perfectly happy saving kittens from trees, Naruto is a bit impatient and feels his potential is being wasted, and so they're given the Land of Waves mission. On this mission, they'd be attacked by the demon bros who would target Sasuke, but he'd be defended by Naruto who would scold the boy for freezing up, but offer a hug when he looks like he's about to cry. Naruto's tough on his team members when it's something important, but he isn't heartless, and he knows that his point is made and it's time for a little bit of hugging. Kakashi, on the other hand, pulls Tazuna aside and accuses him of lying about what the mission entails and severely considered taking his team home. However, Naruto steps up and almost demands that they continue their mission and Kakashi relents. This is when they face off against Zabuza. Now, Kakashi by this time has become stronger and doesn't need to worry about the strain put on him from using his Sharingan since he was born with these. He probably doesn't even need help beating Zabuza, but if he did, he could easily rely upon Naruto and Sasuke, both of which would likely formulate the same plan to save him as they did in the main timeline. Zabuza would be incapacitated by Haku, who would feign his death in hopes of getting the drop on Team Kakashi, but Kakashi isn't that gullible and sees through the act eventually. Finally getting to Tazuna's house, Kakashi would have his team train. Now, Kakashi doesn't need to rest here, since his Sharingan are his, there is little drain from using them. He decides to test what his team knows and tells them to climb to the top of the tree by putting chakra into their feet to help them stick to the surface. Naruto, of course, gets it on his first try, not needing any instruction due to the fact that he is the Hokage's son and has near-perfect chakra control based on the Rasengan he can perform. Sakura also manages to figure it out, but Sasuke has the most issues of all of them, with his chakra application being too light. However, he receives help, advice, and encouragement from his entire team, which eventually gets him to the top of the tree. Kakashi is impressed a lot by this team's ability to form and nurture bonds, which makes him feel like he has the best possible team in all of Konoha. Now, when Inari has a fit about Shinobi and about how stupid Naruto, Sakura, and Sasuke are for trying to be heroes, Naruto might snap a bit, especially if he feels that the office of the Hokage has been insulted. I could still see him making Inari cry. Tazuna would tell them the story, and I see Sasuke being the one to check up on Inari. As I said, Sasuke is our friendly neighborhood sensitive boy in this AU, and he's going to be the one who will comfort Inari instead of Naruto or even Kakashi. Time would pass and they'd all just be out on the bridge. Just as Kakashi predicted, Zabuza was not dead, and Haku was in cahoots with him the entire time. 
Zabuza would engage with Kakashi and Haku would engage with Naruto. Sakura would guard Tazuna and Sasuke would stick by Naruto's side in an attempt to help him fight Haku. However, when the demonic mirroring ice crystals technique is launched, even Naruto's helpless, let alone Sasuke who can't even see Haku jumping from place to place. Since Sasuke never saw Itachi kill his family and never felt the need to kill him, Sasuke's Sharingan have yet to awaken, making him really just a drag on Naruto right now. That being said, Naruto does have a plan in which Sasuke can help. Naruto believes that if they can manage to burn up all the mirrors at once, then they can break the jutsu. And the best way to deal with ice is with fire. And the best part of that is that as an Uchiha, fire style chakra tends to be their affinity. Naruto has Sasuke stand back to back with him and simultaneously perform the fireball jutsu with him in an attempt to shatter the mirrors by burning them all away, and this actually succeeds. However, the battle is far from over and Haku still attempts to kill them at this point. He uses his Senbon attack to target Naruto, but Sasuke would jump between the two of them and take the shot meant for Naruto and go down. Naruto would believe that Sasuke died and this sets him into rage mode. However, because Kushina never passed the Ninetales to Naruto, that rage mode is just normal rage mode. But that doesn't mean it isn't still powerful. Naruto basically summons like a hundred shadow clones, each one bearing a Rasengan and just pelts Haku with them. Haku doesn't need to stand between Kakashi and Zabuza to die because this, this'll do it. Also, Kakashi kills Zabuza pretty easily. They would all mourn over Sasuke until Kakashi points out that the bean isn't dead, just comatose. Everyone seems to be lightening up a bit until it's revealed that Inari and Tsunami are captured by Gato's men and are being used as leverage to try and get them to stop construction on the bridge. I feel like it would be in Naruto's character at this point in time to wait until night fell to sneak into Gato's camp and save Inari and Tsunami, and given that he is the son of Minato and trained as such, I sort of feel like he easily does this. The town would rise up against Gato and his men, kick them out, and the bridge would be finished, still keeping the main timeline name of the Great Naruto Bridge. Returning to the village though, it's business as usual, going back to saving cats and walking dogs. That is, until strange shinobi that nobody recognizes starts filling into the village. Among these is Gara and his siblings. They would cause some fuss here and there, and they do threaten to beat up Konohamaru, but big brother Naruto is more than enough to deter them. Well, that and the fact that Gara is all business here and threatens to kill his own family if they don't settle down. It's then that Kakashi easily decides to add his team to the Chunin exams, and the Rookie 9 is formed. Rock Lee would challenge Naruto, much like he had challenged Sasuke before, and honestly, I feel like Naruto would at least be able to hold his own with Shadow Clones until Lee starts opening some deep gates. The first test of the Chunin exams is a written one, and while Naruto gets the gist, he's still having a hard time. Sakura's egg heading her way through it, and Sasuke, with no Sharingan, is quite panicked. Then comes the final question. I almost feel like Sasuke would want to quit, but I also feel like his team might be able to convince him not to. So in the end, they all pass due to gutsiness and they're able to move on in the exams. In the next exam, the Forest of Death, you're given a scroll which is either the Scroll of Heaven or the Scroll of Earth. Your objective is to take a scroll from one of your adversaries and return it to the tower in the middle. Now, Naruto tends to be more responsible in this timeline due to how he was raised, but some things remain in your nature that can't be driven out no matter how hard you drill it. So that being said, Naruto needs a bathroom break. While he's gone, another shinobi in disguise as Naruto makes off with their scroll because neither Sakura or Sasuke are able to distinguish the difference. Naruto comes out and is pissed that they lost the scroll but assumes part of the responsibility for not going before they entered the forest. 
With that said, the odds become stacked even higher against them due to the fact that they will need to find two scrolls now instead of just one. But I doubt that skill is an issue here, so I assume that they would manage to do so. After all, these kids are the protags of the show, so we can afford them at least a little plot armor for such an occasion. And for those who either skipped part of the video or simply forgot, Orochimaru isn't going to make an appearance here because he was defeated ages ago by Kakashi and Minato. After making it to the tower, Team Kakashi passes and moves on to the next and final third of the exams, the exhibition matches. Most of those matches stay the same except for Sasuke who can still use Jutsu and Naruto who is just flat out skilled in every way, shape and form. They both would get their month off to train. Naruto would end up training with Jiraiya as he normally would. There, Jiraiya would see much of the same potential that Minato displayed in the past. This leads to Naruto being trained well by the old master. Naruto manages to not only learn how to summon a massive frog, but also manages to dip his toes into sage mode. Sadly, while they were gone, Gara would kill Rock Lee. This is a sad outcome, but Naruto only managed to stop Gara because he was in the hospital too due to injury. Naruto doesn't get injured, so our boy Rock Lee gets finished off for good. Meanwhile, elsewhere, Sasuke is training diligently under Kakashi, who hopes to help him in any way, shape, and form. This leads to Sasuke growing stronger in his chakra reserves and technique, as Kakashi is doing his best to help teach him. Sasuke's determination to prove himself just as good as Naruto, as well as his own dreams to join the Anbu Lekitachi, causes Sasuke to finally awaken his Sharingan. And when this happens, Kakashi decides to teach his student the Chidori, which he hopes will give Sasuke the confidence boost that he needs. Eventually, the Chunin exams would continue and the battle would be between Naruto and Neji. Naruto would, with his skills and sage mode, likely dominate Neji and bring honor to Minato. Next comes Sasuke's battle against Gara. Sasuke is fashionably late, something he profusely apologizes for to the crowd, and then proceeds to fight. This actually would go exactly the same as it does in the original. The only difference is that right in the middle of the fight, after Sasuke stabs him with Ichidori, Gara would freak out and let Shukaku out right then and there, causing massive destruction to the arena. He would be defeated by the combined efforts of Jiraiya and Minato, and Sasuke would be declared the winner. Given the isolated incident, which would be handled with the hidden sand at a later time, they decide not to call off the exams, and the finals eventually come, which sees Naruto face off against Sasuke. At this point, after hearing all that Naruto can do, he has accepted that he cannot win, but he endeavors to push Naruto as hard as he can, which he manages to do. However, when Naruto displays his Sage Mode, Sasuke sadly gets completely smashed. However, Team Kakashi did so well in the exams that all three are promoted to Chunin. We would move into the two and a half year time skip after this because since Minato never died, there's no reason for Naruto and Jiraiya to seek Tsunade. And since Orochimaru is no longer an active player in the plot, there is no Sasuke recovery mission and Team 7 stays together for the most part. However, Naruto does decide to leave with Jiraiya to learn Sage Mode, but in truth, he's impressed by Sasuke's strength and offers to bring him as well. Sasuke agrees. They'd ask Sakura if she'd like to go, but she has plans to study medical ninjutsu under Rin Nohara. During their time with Jiraiya, both Naruto and Sasuke managed to grow incredibly strong, and both managed to master Sage Mode to an incredible degree. They'd return to Konoha, where Team 7 would reform and proceed to do another bell test with Kakashi-sensei. However, due to the entire team getting stronger, as well as Naruto and Sasuke threatening to spoil the new Icha Icha novel, Kakashi loses. But that is when they're sent on a special mission. Gara was kidnapped by the group known as the Akatsuki, and the current Kazakage, Gara's father, has asked them to retrieve him. They go there and find Konkuro poisoned by Sasori, and it's up to Sakura to heal him. Eventually, Sasuke and Naruto go off to find Gara, but they need to split up when Deidara attempts to escape with his body. 
Naruto and Kakashi go after Deidara, and Sasuke and Chiyo go to face off against Sasori. In the end, Sasuke manages to land a fatal blow with his Chidori, and Naruto manages to reclaim the body of Gara. Chiyo uses the One's Own Life reincarnation jutsu to bring him back, though she does die in the process. Sadly, Konkuro also dies. Since Sakura never trained under Tsunade, her expertise isn't as great as that, and she cannot treat Sasori's poison as efficiently, which results in Konkuro's death. And despite having revived Gara, they lost the One Tail, which drives a bit of a wedge between Konoha and the Hidden Sand. The Tenshi Bridge recon mission never takes place for obvious reasons. Sasuke never left the village, and Orochimaru was captured ages ago. However, the Akatsuki suppression mission does take place, but this remains mostly the same, except it actually goes far better due to the fact that Kakashi and Naruto are leagues stronger, and they also have Sasuke on their side. So Asuma still dies, Hidan still gets buried, and Kakuzu is killed. Naruto still develops the Rasen Shuriken, and Sasuke would probably develop his own lightning-style variant based off the Rasengan, a perfected version of the Chidori he calls Arashikami. Both are labeled as forbidden jutsu, though, due to the self-harming nature of them. It isn't long after this that Itachi dies, and this hits Sasuke really hard, given that he hadn't even known that his brother was sick. He feels bad for not being there, and this loss is enough to awaken his Mongekyo Sharingan. But if you think I'm going to stop there with killing characters, you are sorely mistaken. Jiraiya is also sent by Minato to the village hidden in rain, where he attempts to investigate the Akatsuki, and by extension, pain. But Jiraiya is killed. Naruto and Sasuke are both hit hard by this, but Jiraiya manages to get important information to them in regards to pain, which causes the hidden leaf to prepare. Eventually, Payne and his six paths attack the Hidden Leaf, but we have a lot of powerful warriors here now, which means it isn't going to be easy for them to win. He has come for the Ninetales, as it's last on the list of tailed beasts that he needs. However, this fails and all of these six paths are defeated. Nagato believes that the best thing he can do now is absorb the incomplete Tentails and use its power to devastate Konoha so he can claim the Ninetales and form the ultimate weapon with which to teach people pain. This gives him quite a power boost, and it is indeed enough to allow him to devastate Konoha. In doing so, he manages to kill a lot of people, including Minato. He also manages to take the Ninetales from Kushina and kill her as well. Obito and Rin die, and a lot of others as well. This causes Kakashi to also awaken his Mangekyo Sharingan, and a battle between Konoha's remaining forces and the Tentails Jinchuriki Nagato. During this battle, even with their great strength, Naruto and Sasuke are defeated and left for dead. However, the Sage of Six Paths reaches out to them. The Sage is pleased that his sons finally found peace and urges them to stop Nagato from reviving Kaguya. He offers a portion of his chakra to both of his sons, which grants Naruto Six Paths Sage Mode and grants Sasuke the Rinnegan. But wait, there's more. Sasuke also gets Six Paths Sage Mode since he studied how to actually use Sage Mode. This gives them both a boost and their own personal set of truth-seeking balls. Together, they fight against Nagato, and due to the Sage's influence, they manage to stop Black Zetsu from corrupting Nagato as was imperative by the Sage. They would then manage to defeat Nagato and convince him to undo the damage he had done, which revives everyone who had perished, including Kushina and Minato. However, Kurama is now loose, and he isn't very pleased about being locked away inside of a human and used as a weapon with which to hurt everyone. This causes him to go on a rampage. However, Naruto manages to subdue the tailed beast by using his sage mode and absorbs him into his body, becoming Kurama's next Jinchuriki. From here, everything becomes peaceful once again. Naruto manages to marry Hinata Hyuga and they give birth to both Boruto and Himawari, and Sasuke marries Sakura, with them giving birth to Sarada. Teneri would attempt to attack at some point in time, but Naruto and Sasuke got this, and even make a friend out of the Otsutsuki. Naruto eventually is named the 5th Hokage after Minato steps down. 
Boruto and Himawari grow up spoiled and less bitter about their father's occupation because they have Minato and Koshina to hang out with when Naruto isn't around. Sasuke becomes not only an Anbu member, but the highest Anbu member, and even names his squad Team Itachi. Naruto and Sasuke remain thick as thieves too. Well, from here, everything plays out the same. Maybe a little better. Kinshiki and Momoshiki arrive, and Naruto and Sasuke stomp a hole in them. I still assume that Boruto gets karma sealed, but that's all fine and makes for a good plot. Ishiki shows up, and the issue is I don't know if Naruto will be able to use Baryon mode by this time. But given how fast Minato befriended Yinkurama, I don't see why Naruto couldn't do the same. As for the code arc, well, I don't see why it wouldn't work out well too. So as you can see, not every ending is bad. If Kakashi had been born in Uchiha, quite a few things may have changed, but they would have changed for the better. With Kakashi starting out with the Sharingan, Obito never has to fall into Madara's hands. Without Obito, a lot of stuff falls apart on the villainous side. Not to mention with the personality changes that will be received by Naruto and Sasuke, both being raised in their homes by their families without rejection, loneliness, or trauma, they become even stronger friends. This is the perfect storm for the perfect ending, and is one that to me is even better than the one we witnessed in the original timeline. But that's just what I think. What do you think? What do you believe would have happened if Kakashi had been born with Uchiha DNA, or at least the capability to awaken his own set of Sharingan? Do you think it would play out like this, or are you thinking that maybe it would go in another direction? I'm interested to hear. Let me know in the comments below. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't, and like the video if you feel so inclined. We appreciate the support. Ring the bell to be notified when we drop new videos so you can watch them fresh off the belt, hot and ready. Peace out.